Hornet Heaven. Something Better Change. Written by Ollie Wickham, read by Colin Mace. Earth Season, 1977-78. I've been in Hornet Heaven a long time. I arrived in 1942. And I believe the key to eternal happiness is harmony. Sometimes people's passion for the club causes conflict up here. So I see it as my role to try to create an environment of tolerance, understanding, and more importantly, love. But ach... With two teenagers to deal with, it wasn't easy for a while back there. Hi, Archibald. Been to look at the Terry Chalice painting again? <laughs> I haven't been to look at the painting again, Derek Garston, because it's frightening. I don't like paintings that are frightening. Well, it's the first friendly of the new season later. 1977-78 starts today. Are you sure you can cope with new seasons, or are they too frightening as well? I can cope with new seasons, because they are not much different from previous seasons, Derek Garston. Watford Football Club have changed division only five times in 50 seasons since joining the Football League, and 79.2% of fixtures in Division 4 this season will be a repeat of last season's fixtures. Ha! Nerd klaxon! Ah, ah, nerd klaxon! You could have just said yes, you girly swat. The two boys had been at loggerheads for several weeks. I knew Derek felt that Archibald was weighing down his high hopes for the future because he'd recently called him an anchor. This had upset Archibald, presumably because the word was a metaphor, although I may have misheard it. He's driving me mad, Mr. Orchard, sir. He never shows the tiniest bit of excitement. I'm bursting to see us promoted this year, sir. We've been on the bottom rung of the ladder for far too long, sir. We are not standing on a ladder. Oh, God, shut up, Archibald. You know what I mean. I don't know what you mean, Derek Garston. That's because you're a four-eyed imbecile. That is incorrect. I only have two eyes, Derek Garston. Archibald interprets language literally, and this often causes difficulties. So, over the years, I've been working with him to try to help him in social situations. For example, by teaching him some non-verbal signals. Ha! 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 He's admitting he's an imbecile, sir! Ha! 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 Anyway, Archibald Enfield... The Terry Chalice painting has set out the journey Elton John wants to take us on, and I can't wait! This ride is going to get hairy. Unsurprisingly, the idea of a hairy ride confused Archibald. I thought he might be about to escalate the conflict with Derek, so I put my forefinger to my lips, which is one of the signs I've taught him. And thankfully, he said nothing. Come on, limp a little. Do something brave like coming and watching today's game without knowing the result beforehand. It's a chance to grow a pair. It is not possible to cultivate fruit in Hornet Heaven, Derek Garston. Well, I'm just saying don't be a scaredy cat. Pre-season friendlies aren't big and scary. 
Come with us as soon as the programme's in. I reassured Archibald that we always could do the usual thing, where I go to the match and tell him the result when I get back. But I could see he wasn't really listening. He was thinking. I had talked to him a lot in recent weeks about ways he could enjoy whatever lay in store for Watford in the future. Now, after a few moments, he said, Derek is correct that pre-season friendlies are not normally big and scary. Over the last three seasons, I have never counted more than 1,254 people at a pre-season friendly and the results have had no consequence, so I will try going to the match without knowing the result first. I must say, I was somewhat taken aback, but I was pleased that our discussions seemed to be giving him confidence. And yet, with Derek in such an antagonistic mood, I knew I could expect trouble between them. Ha! At last! The imbeciles seen sense! It felt like a step forward for Archibald, so I concealed my reservations and went along with it. When the three of us arrived at the march, a pre-season game against Oxford United at Vicarage Road, Archibald put his hands in front of his eyes and made tunnels with his fingers and thumbs. It was one of his coping mechanisms for when he's scared that too much visual information will overload his brain because it limits what he can see. Derek Garston said, Archibald's always so weird, sir. Why is he making his hands into binoculars? I'm making them like binoculars, Derek Garston. My hands do not actually have barrel chambers with an objective lens, an eyepiece and a pair of prisms inside. And that was Derek Garston told. There was only a small crowd for the game. Archibald scanned the Vicarage Road Terrace, the Shrodells, the Rookery and the main stand side and announced the attendance as 1,634. Derek immediately said this was far too low for a promotion-seeking side and he was sure it was at least 500 more. In the end, the true number was never announced, but Archibald is never wrong by more than 15. Soon, Derek said, Look, on the bench, sir, there's our new manager. I recognise him. It's Graham Taylor. He was at Lincoln City, sir. He was brilliant there. Lincoln City Football Club dropped only two points at home during the 1975-76 season, Derek Garston. Their title-winning total of 74 points is a football league record. I knew that. Of course I knew that, Archibald. The point is that Graham Taylor is going to make Elton John's ambitions a reality. We're as good as promoted and the season hasn't even started properly. It's all change. I wasn't sure how Archibald would react to this. So, for safety, I put my finger to my lips again and he said nothing. During the first half, we found ourselves standing behind two spectators from the land of the living, who were talking about a friendly match that Watford had played behind closed doors the previous week. None of us in Hornet Heaven had known about it because there had been no programme. We heard the spectators say Watford had won 13-0. 13-0, sir. It's happening, sir. The prophecy in the Terry Chalice picture really is happening, sir. This is the start of the Great Transformation, sir. It's what we've all been wanting, sir. 
That is a false statement because I do not want a transformation, Derek Garston. Also, history shows that on the 3rd of March 1883, Watford Football Club won a friendly game by 13 goals to nil and no transformation followed, so there is no logical basis for your assertion. Oh God, sir, why can't he just go with the flow and be up for it, sir? Winning 13 nil in a new manager's first game is unprecedented, sir. Graham Taylor is smashing records, sir. Graham Taylor is ripping up the history books. Watford Football Club's previous 13-0 victory was in the days before the team even had a manager, so it's unsound reasoning to credit the manager now, Derek Garston. Oh, for God's sake, shut up, Archibald! And if Graham Taylor is ripping up history books, that is criminal damage. Oh, shut up, Archibald! You're such a drag, such a... such an anchor! Ah, Derek, I said, calm down. You're reading far too much into a 13-0 win in a private friendly match. We were only playing Leaveson Hospital. Oh, right. So we were only playing a team of inmates, were we, sir? A team of Archibalds. Derek, stop getting at Archibald. You know very well that he'll... What Derek Garston said doesn't make sense, Mr Johnny Allgood. There's only one of me... Also, when I was alive, my mother didn't send me to live at Leavesden Asylum when the doctor with the top hat wanted me to go there. Ah, well done, Archibald. That was a very measured response. Perhaps we can all follow your lead and stay cool like you. There you go. Yet again, you're taking his side, sir. Why can't you be as excited as I am about winning 13-0? God, Hornet Heaven is tame, sir. This place needs shaking up as much as Watford Football Club does. Derek stormed off. And in the end, Watford beat Oxford 3-0. And Archibald coped very well without knowing the score in advance. I asked him if he had enjoyed it. I enjoyed calculating the change of direction each time the ball was kicked or headed, Mr Johnny Allgood. When Mr Luther Blissett made the ball go into the net, he changed its direction by 135 degrees. I said, well, by watching the game without knowing the score beforehand, it feels like you've had a big change of direction today. And then I spent a short time explaining the metaphor I'd just used. As for Derek, the win over Oxford seemed to heighten his excitement about Graham Taylor's arrival because over the next couple of days he went back to watch the game over and over again. Each time I spoke to him he seemed more and more bullish, more impetuous. Then on the Tuesday I saw him on Occupation Road. He looked, to put it mildly, different. <laughs> His hair was spiky and bright yellow, and he had chains hanging from his school blazer. I asked him what he was doing. Walking on the beaches, looking at the peaches, sir. There goes a girl and a half, sir. She got me going up and down, sir. She got me going up and down. Walking on the beaches, looking at the peaches, sir. Ah, Derek. 
I appreciate it's sunny, and I suppose the shingle by the fences does make Occupation Road vaguely resemble a beach, if you squint a bit. But I don't think... What you think is irrelevant, sir. I'm a punk rocker now, sir. Right. Well, I suppose that saves me asking whether you knew you'd ripped your trousers. But I don't understand. What's the point of all this? I wanna be anarchy. Sir? I see. So, uh, tell me, young man, what's brought this on? Watford has needed change for ages, sir. And finally we're getting it, sir. Graham Taylor has arrived and he's going to stick it to the establishment, sir. Graham Taylor and punk rock are the new spirit of our time, sir. Ah, I think you may have got Graham Taylor wrong, if you think he's an out-and-out -out rebel. He is an antichrist, sir. Well, I must say this all seems a little out of character for the Derek Garston who's been wearing a school uniform since 1921. I'm not Derek Garston anymore, sir. I'm Derek Garstley. At this point, Archibald appeared to see what was going on. He'd been standing behind the programme hut, in the gap next to the fence and the brambles, where he likes to stand because it's dark and cool and he feels safe there. Derek went up very close to him and said, Nothing's ever going to be the same again, Archibald. Yellow riot, I want a riot. Yellow riot, a riot of my own. Yellow riot, I want a riot. Yellow riot, a riot of my own. Derek knows perfectly well that Archibald doesn't like it when people shout at him, or when he thinks they're about to touch him. And sure enough, Archibald closed his eyes and put his hands over his ears. He sat down on the tarmac and rocked backwards and forwards. <laughs> he can't handle it, sir. He's rocking, sir, but he's not punk rocking. Derek is a punk rocker. Derek is a punk rocker. Derek is a punk rocker. turned out that at the march against Oxford on the Saturday, Derek had seen a punk rocker on the terrace and had decided he wanted to be one too. That was quite the transformation. Derek was born in Edwardian times and died in 1921 at the age of 13. But his guiding principles were now anti-establishment rebellion and nihilistic ideology, sir, he claimed. As Archibald sat and rocked on the tarmac, Fred Putnam came up to me and said, Eh, this all seems a bit daft to me. Young Derek becoming a punk rocker. Paggy told me that Derek had been back to the Oxford game dozens of times to learn the words of the songs that were playing on a pirate radio station on the punk rocker's transistor radio. I went and listened myself. Punk rock is a lot of twad. Flipping awful noise. 
Give me a nice bit of Elton any day. When Archibald had finished rocking, Paggy helped me get the lad onto his feet. We took him to the supporters' club headquarters, where we all listened to some relaxing Elton John songs on the piano. For a short while, Elton's beautiful music made things feel harmonious in Hornet Heaven. But the feeling didn't last. The next day, Watford had another pre-season friendly at Shrewsbury. Archibald wanted to be brave again and go without knowing the score. So as we went through the ancient turnstile, I thought I should try to put him at his ease. I asked him a question with the intention of occupying his mind for a while and maybe starting a discussion. I said, Archibald, at Gay Meadow, the ball often gets kicked over the stand into the river and has to be fetched by a man in a little boat. Have you noticed that before? Yes, fourteen times. Fair enough. End of chat. When we arrived on the away terrace, I tried again to reassure him. I said, By the way, Archibald, if you happen to see Derek Garston with a safety pin through one of his nostrils, you should try not to be upset. But generally, I think you'll be fine. Look at Angie. The punk revolution hasn't caught on. The Watford fans from the land of the living are dressed perfectly normally for an away friendly. Nobody's wearing leather jackets with metal chains. We're surrounded by a bunch of anoraks. I knew full well that such a sly dig at our fellow terrace dwellers would be lost on Archibald, but for a moment I wondered if he hadn't liked what I'd said because he moved a few steps away from me. I asked, why are you moving away? Because Derek Garston is coming and he has a safety pin through his nose and I have to try not to be upset. Derek came over to us and tossed his head disdainfully at the other Watford fans. Look at those mugs, sir. They're dead to me, sir. They're detritus from the tired mainstream, epitomised by Mike Keane, sir. It's us on the leading edge who are setting the agenda now, sir. Us? You make it sound like there's more than one of you, Derek. We're a movement, sir. A movement? But I don't see anyone else. We are so pretty, oh, so pretty. We are very cut. Ugh, right. Hello, Henry. Henry Grover arrived next to us on the terrace. The father of the club was wearing red tartan trues, with lots of zips stitched into them at strange angles, and a denim jacket with the sleeves torn off. His hair was sticking up like the red horse hair. I remember seeing in drawings of Roman centurions' helmets, except that it was yellow and red. Not ho, Johnny old thing. What do you think? Don't you just love the look? Isn't my fanned mohawk quite sublime? Well, you were probably expecting my mohawk in club colours to be yellow and black, but it's yellow and red. You are witnessing a cultural revolution, old sausage. Archibald placed his hands over his eyes. I don't want the club colours to be yellow and red. It's only 18 seasons since they changed to yellow and black. 
This is too much, too fast. I said to Henry, Honestly, Henry, how can you suddenly be into punk? It's only a couple of months since you were drooling over Elton John's pink platforms and sequined sailor boy suits. Ha! That's so last season, Johnny, old thing. All that flap your flares nonsense is so passe. Henry is a punk rocker. Henry is a punk rocker. Henry is a punk rocker. Now. The harmony within our group had totally disappeared at this point. Punk rock is famously discordant. I took Archibald to stand on another part of the terrace. I said, I'm sorry about all this, Archibald. It's a difficult time. The father of the club does look a bit different today, but there's no need to worry that the club will change too much. I think Derek and Henry are reading far more into Graham Taylor's arrival than is actually there to be read. I read football programmes. Arrivals are not reading matter. Ah, sorry, I didn't put that very well. I do try, Archibald. Archibald looked at me, which was quite unusual for him. I continued, how can I put it? Maybe what I'm trying to say is that if Graham Taylor really is part of the punk rock movement, I'm rejecting everything that went before him, he, well, he wouldn't have picked that lame old Dobbin Arthur Horsfield out there for starters. Archibald didn't say anything. He seemed to be thinking hard. Arthur Horsfield is a lame old Dobbin. Very good. That's right. Well done. But I don't know what a Dobbin is. Then you've done even better. After that, we watched the rest of the march, which ended 1-0 to Shrewsbury. At the end, we made our way back to the ancient turnstile. I said, Well, there we are, Archibald. Even though you didn't know the score beforehand, you coped with an away defeat. Maybe you're used to it, because we saw so many away defeats under Mike Keane. Watford Football Club lost exactly 50 league and cup football matches away from home while Mr Mike King was manager. Did we? Thank you. I can always rely on you for precise factual evidence. Never change, Archibald. Ten days later, Watford had their first competitive match of the 1977-78 season the first of a two-leg League Cup tie against Reading. Archibald and I stood on the Vicarage Road Terrace a short distance away from Derek and Henry. I have to say, the match didn't much feel like the start of a new era, even though Watford won 2-1. In fact, Henry and Derek spent much of the time discussing what they should call the punk rock band they were thinking of starting. What about... Henry Grover and the Blocked Toilets. Excellent, Mr Grover, sir. A nod to life on the Vicarage Road Terrace, sir. Or, here's one, Mr Grover, sir. How about a name that subtly disparages one of our current players? Dennis Bond, sir. We could call the band Stiff Little Knees. Hmm. Or should we consider something a bit more provocative? How about the Anti-Hatter League? 
Oh, yes, Mr. Grover, sir. Or maybe the dead Kenilworths. Ah, that's spiffy, my dear boy. Oh, and we also need to come up with a new name for myself. If you're Derek Ghastly, perhaps I should be... Henry Grotesque. Ha! Super, Mr. Grotesque, sir. And Johnny Allgood could be Johnny All Bad. And what about Archibald, Mr. Grotesque, sir? He's never had any friends, so Archibald Enfield could be Arch Enemy. <laughs> Arch Enemy! Ow! Archibald just hit me, sir. Ow! Ow! And again. Three days later, Derek Garson had two black eyes. He told people he was wearing black eyeshadow. It's a new, even more radical direction, Mr. Patnam, sir. I'm even more punk now, sir. You look like a panda. A panda with spiky yellow hair. Do I? Oh. Well, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care, sir. In the evening, Derek, Archibald, Henry and myself went to watch the second leg of the League Cup tie at Elm Park. Watford lost, 1-0, and by the end of the night there was one punk rocker fewer in Hornet Heaven. It happened like this. Afterwards, back on Occupation Road, I said to the others, Ah, another away defeat, gentlemen. I must say I don't think we're witnessing any great change under Graham Taylor. I don't care what you think, sir. I know what I think, and that's all that counts to me. I know what you mean, Johnny, old thing. I'm starting to feel a bit silly, all dressed up like this for a revolution that doesn't seem to be happening. Hey, you'd better not be quitting the punk movement already, Mr Grotesque, sir. I'm sorry, dear boy, but I have to admit I'm wondering if Graham Taylor isn't actually the iconoclastic punk icon you're making him out to be. You've never really explained away that splendidly smart haircut of his. Derek seemed less bullish after this latest Watford defeat, so I took the opportunity to see if I could start to talk him out of his punk phase. I said, Look, Derek, I understand you want to see change, but the facts simply don't support your idea that Graham Taylor is ripping everything up. Archibald, tell us exactly how many of today's squad were playing for us last season. Ten. Don't listen to him, sir. So it's basically the same team. And how many league and cup appearances had those ten players already clocked up for the club before Graham Taylor arrived? They'd made 1,054 appearances between them, which is 105.4 each on average. Shut up, Archibald, you freak! Now, now, Derek. Based on those statistics, I think we can conclude that the new manager you consider a punk hasn't got rid of the old establishment. Archibald's just spouting facts, sir, and facts aren't the point. I'm afraid facts are the point, Derek. During the game, Archibald told me that six of tonight's team played in the match against Walsall when we were relegated into Division 4 three seasons ago, and one of them, Dennis Bond, first played for Watford 12 years and 353 days ago on the 29th of August 1964. Did I get those numbers right, Archibald? Yes, Mr Henry Grover.
God, I hate you sometimes, Archibald. These facts prove that the old guard is still with us, and Graham Taylor hasn't made sweeping changes at all. And, of course, that Archibald is a statistical marvel. No, he's not. He's a genuine certified lunatic. Derek made a single-finger-punk gesture in Archibald's direction and stomped off. Henry said, Right, gentlemen, I have decided I'm going to abandon this whole punk rocker malarkey. All along I've had severe doubts that a denim jacket actually goes with red tartan trues. Also, having so many zips in my trousers tends to confuse me when I need to... <clears throat> well, you know what I mean. Archibald said, Yes. What you mean is that you don't know which zip you need when you want to get out your... No! Don't say that word. I'm from the Victorian era. Luckily, Archibald stopped without my having to put a finger to my lips. When Henry had taken a few deep breaths to steady himself, he said, Perhaps I'll wait for another popular music fashion to be in vogue. Something that suits me better, Johnny. Something more stylish and dashing. You know, <laughs> I've often imagined myself as a... Uh, as a dandy highwayman. <laughs> Maybe that will come into fashion one day. But in the meantime, I shall return to my normal, more traditional look. On the Saturday, Watford had their first league game of 1977-78, away at Stockport County. Archibald and I got our programmes and went through the ancient turnstile to Edgeley Park. Archibald made his hands like binoculars. Right, Archibald, I said. Today's when the season really starts. League games are a football club's bread and butter. Ah, no, sorry, forget that. I... What I mean is, results in the league are what managers are judged on. When I became Watford manager in 1903, we were in the bottom division of our league, and my job was to get us up and out of it. So I know the pressure Graham Taylor must be feeling. He's in the same boat. <coughs> Actually... Ignore that bit about the boat. In your first season as manager, Mr Johnny Orgood, Watford Football Club became champions of Southern League Division 2 without losing a football match and were promoted to Southern League Division 1. Thank you, Archibald. I do remember. It was a season I'll never forget. Tell me, though, how were you feeling when I arrived? The alderman was chairman of the club at the time and he had grand ambitions. Did you feel scared that things weren't going to stay the way you'd known them? I wasn't scared in 1903 because nobody did a painting of what the alderman wanted to happen. I'd forgotten that the Terry Chalice painting was the root cause of all the recent ructions. To distract Archibald, I said, 
Now then, have a look around, Archibald, and tell me how many people you think are here today. 3,051. So that distraction didn't last long. I later discovered he was out by five. Soon, Henry Grover joined us on the terrace in his usual hat and coat, and after 15 minutes he was throwing his hat in the air. Goodness me! Ross has scored! We're winning away from home! This feels different! A minute later, Stockport equalised, but two minutes after that, Watford took command again, when Alan Mays won a penalty, and Sam Ellis, the new captain, put us back in the lead. He stood, arms aloft, roaring at the away fans. Quite magnificent! This team has a whole new attitude. Don't you think, Johnny Old Thing? I did think so. And for the rest of the game we watched the team fight with great spirit. Just before the end, Ross Jenkins scored again to make the final result 3-1 to Watford. And Henry's heart was airborne again. After the final whistle, back on Occupation Road, Henry said, Marvellous. An away win on the first day of the season, Johnny old thing. Usually we have to wait until it gets to November and a team loses to us out of sympathy or something. Aye, that was very impressive, Henry. Graham Taylor will be very pleased with what he saw from his players in his first league match. I'm glad you think so, Johnny old sausage. By the way... Did you win your first match as manager? I didn't like to say, but Archibald spoke up for me. It was the same result as today, Mr Henry Grover. Watford Football Club won by three goals to one away from home. Equally marvellous. Well, if Graham Taylor's first season turns out to be half as good as yours, Johnny... Oh, oh dear. Here comes Derek. Derek Garstin was coming up the slope towards us. He was jumping up and down with his legs together in the style apparently known as pogoing. God save the Queen! Ah, oh, that's nice, Derek, dear boy. I do like to hear a dutiful salute to Her Majesty on the occasion of a victory, acknowledging her role in Shake No Human Being! Ah, that's not so nice. In fact, oh, goodness, that's quite out of order, young fellow. And there's no future! Enough, boy, enough. You've gone too far. Goodness me, of course there's a future. In fact, there's a very bright future, if Watford's performance today is anything to go by. If we carry on playing like this, we'll win every game this season like we did in Johnny's first season. Wouldn't you like to see that happen, boy? Of course I would, Mr Not Grotesque any more, sir. Then why are you persisting with your punk posturing? I'm showing you up as the reactionary old farts you all are. Good Lord! I'll ignore that, young man, and I'll remind you that, as we established after the Reading defeat, the facts don't support your position. Facts are for the unimaginative, like Archibald. He doesn't even have an imagination. Hey, that's enough of that too, Derek. Well said, Johnny. And another thing, young man. 
If you think it's attitude that matters in life, I actually do agree with you. Today I saw a team of well-drilled professionals playing with commitment to a cause. The right attitude. It had nothing to do with punk, because punk defines itself by what it's against. And that team out there today defined itself by what it was for. It was for Watford. Indeed. Henry makes a good point, Derek. Aren't you for Watford? Of course I am, sir. Then please stop putting on this punk act, dear boy. We've all got your point about the radical change you'd like to see, but punk's got nothing to do with anything in Hornet Heaven. I mean, if we do win all our games this season, Graham Taylor will have emulated Johnny Allgood here. And Johnny isn't punk in any way. In fact, he's the least punk person I can imagine. Apart from me. And you, obviously. So come along, Derek, dear boy. It's time for you to return to the fold. Let us welcome you back to our bosom. Become one of us again. Derek ghastly scowled and stared down at the tarmac. I could tell he wanted to become Derek Garston again. He just needed to avoid losing face. So I said to Archibald, Archibald, Derek wasn't born the first time we marched to a title in the way we hoped to do this season. Perhaps you could tell him about the 1903-1904 season. As soon as I said this, I put my finger to my lips. Archibald looked confused that I'd asked him a question and signalled not to answer, but he duly said nothing. Derek looked up and said, Wait, Mr Orgood, sir, I know those facts, sir. Oh, very good, Derek. You beat Archibald to the punch there. Goals for 70, sir. Goals against 14, sir. It was a marvellous season, Mr Orgood, sir. A brilliant season, sir. It was working. Derek smiled for the first time in quite a while. I said, Oh dear, oh dear, Archibald, Derek's really outdone you there, and winked as I said it. I've taught Archibald what I mean by this too. It's the one way he can accept a lie. And then something remarkable happened. For all the little signs I've taught Archibald, I haven't been able to teach him insight into other people's emotions. I've always expected that to be beyond him. But what he said next suggested he is capable of emotional intelligence. Of course, he might just have been challenging Derek's knowledge, but somehow it felt as if he was gifting Derek a moment of much-needed superiority within their rivalry. He said, and who were Watford Football Club's opponents in the final game of the season when Watford Football Club finished the season invincible, Derek Garston? Derek knew the answer and almost skipped with excitement. Southall, Archibald, away from home, Archibald, on April the 23rd, 1904, we won 2-0. That is correct, Derek Garston. Derek's face lit up with a grin that didn't match his punk persona at all. After a moment, he lifted his hands to his face. He removed the safety pin from his nose. He said, Excuse me, 
Mr. Grover, sir, Mr. Augard, sir, and Master Archibald. I'm just going to go and change. Harmony had returned, and it stayed throughout the 1977-78 season. Watford's results definitely helped with this. The team were promoted with several games to spare. Derek and Archibald seemed happy with the degree of change we were all seeing. And now, today, it's exactly a year later, and we've just won our first game in Division 3. We're closer to achieving what Terry Chalice painted for Elton, and it looks as though we could get there fast. Possibly even as fast as the alderman suggested. One consequence of promotion is that we're going to have bigger games against bigger clubs, which will be difficult for Archibald, even with his metaphorical binoculars. But Derek is proving much more of a help these days. After our 4-2 win at Walsall today, he said, Hey, Archibald, let's see a smile for once. Archibald replied, I don't smile. It's on the list I have of my behavioural problems, which include hitting people when I am angry or confused and not wanting to be touched, and hating Luton. But Mr Allgood and I want you to enjoy it when Watford win. Come on, let me try and teach you how. Give me the answer to this question. How many matches did we win at home last season, Archie? We won 18 matches at home. A new record. OK, now say it the way normal people say it, in delight and disbelief. We won 18 matches at home. A new record. No, like this. We won 18 matches at home. A new record. We won 18 matches at home. A new record. I know. Try it with a woohoo. Woohoo! We won 18 matches at home. A new record. Woohoo! We won 18 matches at home. A new record. Oh well, never mind. I guess you're never going to be like the little men on the new scoreboard at the Vicarage Road end who jump up and down when we score, Archie. But hey-ho, we'll keep on trying. I want to try and get you ready in time for our first match in Europe. The End Something Better Change was written and produced by Ollie Wickham. It was read by Colin Mace. For more information on the Hornet Heaven stories, please visit hornetheaven.com.